Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami, you've got style. Picture at Los Angeles 2018. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this, if you don't know, is a podcast where we watch an episode about the Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And we just watched season seven, episode 15, Goodbye, Mr. Gordon, which aired on January 11th, 1992. The, the other lesbian one. And is the other lesbian episode and is the episode where Dorothy is so giddy throughout the entire episode that she, it either looks like she's clenched with constipation mm-hmm. or like she has like fleas yeah. in her blouse. It's almost like she's just on a sugar high the entire episode. She's just, she's so, just so tense and just like, yes. nah, get away to die at me. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. I yeah. really was excited when we, because we're, so we're recording from Carrie's new place. Mm-hmm. We have a brand new apartment. Mm-hmm. So if it sounds any different, that's why you do you, it looks very nice thank you it's very, you're very close to the street level though so i worry about the killer oh right do you ever worry about the killer because you have sliding glass doors and everything well we have motion detectors and alarms and you in know, the apartment locks do you ever set them off yourself no we set them before we go to bed I could never live on the first floor. I know. Not to scare you or anything. No, I know. It's, yeah. yeah. But, and, and you also have two floors. So like you're upstairs and you can't hear. Oh, you have three floors. So you're all the way upstairs and you can't hear. <laughs> you can't hear the killer on the first floor because you're upstairs like jamming out to something. Right. You know, and then all yeah. of a sudden. Ring! No, see, we, yeah, we moved into this place because like I love to, I love to spend at least 30 minutes a night checking under beds and in closets to make sure there are no killers before yeah. I go to bed. No boogeyman. We've missed you guys. We're so <laughs> glad to be back. Yeah, is it, it's only been two weeks. Yeah, right? we've been doing every other week now. Which, I mean, is probably what we're going to have to do because, A, it elongates the process of the podcast. Exactly. But also because of our schedules. And you we know, live further. We live further away, away. But also our schedules are just, like, insane. Mm-hmm. Like, you're working a lot. I'm working a lot. I'm going to Africa. Yeah. Which is very exciting in August. Yeah, and, so like, you know, as, as much as we tried to find a breathable suitcase for me to fit into to yeah, fly with you. No, you can't. stow away. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's a very long flight. I think it's like 16 mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a long time to South Africa. Flight. But you know what? I have to go bring the golden cheer to Africa. Mm-hmm. Not are you that gonna, it, are it you probably gonna ask everybody, is there. Are you going to ask everybody you meet if they watch the Golden Girls? Well, I'm actually speaking about the Golden Girls. It's amazing. So I'm going, I'm touring around South Africa and I'm doing a lot of like Jewy stuff for the movie for Latter-day Jew. But I'm also, um, they're, they're, I'm presenting sort of like 
you know, giving speeches to different sort of college stuff and different things. And one of them, they wanted me to speak about the Golden Girls and the Jewish influence on the Golden Girls wow. and Jewish identity based within the Golden Girls. So, of course, I'll be talking a lot about B. Arthur and Estelle Getty and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. So it's going to be very exciting. So if we have any listeners in South Africa, I don't think we do. But if we do. Make yourselves known. Yeah. Or if you guys know someone in South Africa, tell them because I'm a coming. Yes. Oh, it echoed. You could hear that echo. Very exciting. Yeah. I I love this episode so much. It, it's definitely up there for me. I could watch an entire episode of Wake Up Miami. Yeah, of- I wish, I really wish Elliot and Alaska were here because this would have been a great episode for Elliot and Alaska. Yeah, but I, I feel like we but can do it lives. justice. They have lives. Alaska's in like Argentina right now. Mm. And Elliot is like, you know. Doing another podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You. He's on it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a new podcast called You're Making It Worse. It's coming out every Thursday. Like every Thursday, it'll be a new episode. And Alaska's our first guest. So if you don't, if you need Elliot in Alaska, come this Thursday. You'll, there you have, go. you'll have that episode. All right. Let's dive right in from the very beginning. From the beginning. Dorothy gets a phone call. Well, correction blanche answers the <laughs> phone and she's like hello you want to speak to who dorothy oh i think you have the wrong number click clicky clicky <laughs> and she's like well i just figured because it was a man yeah which but is then great. it rings again thank yeah. goodness it's good on mr gordon for like following dialing through. thinking yeah. he made a wrong no, called the wrong number and mm-hmm. then being like i'm just gonna try again i really want to see this woman yeah um so Mr. Gordon was Dorothy's high school English teacher. Her 11th grade English teacher. Yeah. He and moved to Miami and he wants to get crush lunch. on mm-hmm. Mr. Gordon. And he wasn't that much older than, than Dorothy because he started teaching right out of college. Right. Yeah. I remember when I was in 11th grade, um, we had a teacher, Mr. Evans, Johnny Evans, yeah. um, who I didn't have a crush on him, but my friend Michelle did. But he also started teaching us right out of school. So I think he was 24 and we were like 17. I had had felt like an adult to us. My senior year in high school, we had a substitute teacher in my AP sociology class. I think it was or political science class. I forget or American government, whatever. And, uh, he was a young, uh, substitute teacher. And when I walked in the class, I was like, I've given him head. And I had, I had like, <laughs> He, he went to Webster University. So I, I was in St. Louis, Missouri. Crazy. And he went to Webster University. And like the summer prior to my senior year, we had been at a thing with a party. And I, yeah, I had, I had, um, I had given him a good summer night. And then he, summer loving. He was my substitute teacher. Was it weird <laughs> at all? Yes, it was very weird. Did very you? Weird. Did you just like make eye contact or was he like, hey, good to see you again? How did yeah, that go? Yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about that in well, class. Well, sure, but how like. He, he kept it very professional, I yeah. will say. That was very nice of him. And I was I was chill about it. But then, of course, after class, I told everybody, <laughs> everyone in school, I was like, I gave a blowjob to Mr. Whatever his name was. I forget his name now because I've done that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. It's also crazy to think that. If you think about it, it is someone who's like 23 or 24 and getting a job teaching at high school. Not even that. That's you can so do it at, young. You can do it at, 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 at like 21, 22, because I I was done at 21 with college. Mm-hmm. And but don't you have to be in... 
So you have to be in some kind of, do you have to be enrolled at least in a master's program to teach or was that no, just in Massachusetts? No, 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 that's just in Massachusetts. Oh, I bet, and maybe that was college. I know my brother, and I never substitute taught, but my brother um, who only had a little bit of college was able to substitute teach. So I think wow. there's, it's a pretty low requirement for sitting there and taking attendance. <laughs> Man, learning a lot about the age of teachers. Yeah. Um, so Sophia tells all the women that back then Dorothy was Mr. Gordon's slave. She would grade all of his papers, and even once she rotated his tires. <laughs> Which I don't even know how to do. I could just picture Dorothy like getting under a car yes. with like a jack and jacking it up and being like, whoppa! Like, don't worry, Mr. Gordon, I got this. I got you. Dorothy, Dorothy, you got some oil in your dress. It's okay, Mr. Gordon. Does it give you any ideas? My mother will clean it. <laughs> Um, She's a seamstress on the side. She got a TV. We'll yeah, talk about we'll it talk later. About it later. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that Blanche is like, oh, I had to hide my crushes on all my teachers because it made the principal jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture Blanche dating every adult man. I love Blanche. <laughs> I, I love when when I, neither story, the A story, the B story, doesn't necessarily revolve around Blanche. Mm-hmm. It just involves Blanche responding to things. Mm-hmm. Because Blanche is so good at just sort of the quick random comebacks. Yeah. 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 It was it was so great. Um, there's also a line, uh, I forget what Dora I, I forget what Sophia's saying, but this is a line that I've used in my daily life and I forgot about it until we were watching this episode where Sophia says something like demeaning to Dorothy and she goes, It would be a day like without it would be like a day without orange juice, yeah. wouldn't it, Ma? <laughs> I love that line. Orange juice gives me heartburn. Mm, it's very acidic. Yeah. Um, so I almost want to hold. Our dog is breathing very heavily. Let me see if my microphone will reach him. Listen. Oh, he woke up. <laughs> He's doing this, though. He was like... That very, like, deep yoga breathing. I'm sorry, bubs. You're being a very good boy. Better sleeping than barking. Um, so Rose busts in. <laughs> Guys, we just in. had a moment with Gary's dog. Yeah, he's so cute. He's yeah. so cute, though. Uh, Rose busts in. Yes. She's the new associate producer for Wake Up Miami. Amazing. Yeah. And they've suggested that, um, she suggested they do a show about women who live together. Yeah. Which the show loved. I have so many questions about the produce, like the production meeting they had that, uh, that this idea came up mm-hmm. because nothing was thought out. Well, right. Yeah. There was, n- I mean, I know we didn't get to see it, but like, it's basically just, they're just like, Hey, here's some lesbians and here are some image consultants who are also lesbians. Um, let's take some questions from the audience. Like there's no, it's not yeah, there's, framed around. There's anything. no, and also like, I mean, I can't, I've been in a lot of production meetings in my day, mm-hmm. like just talking about like, how things will shape out and what to put on air and stuff. And like, I can't imagine the word lesbian was never used in the buildup right. to oh, the of taping course. of this episode. Of course. But um, I could also see Rose missing that and being like, it. well, maybe two of them are lesbians and Dorothy and Blanche just live yeah, together. Yeah, or like going all Blanche and hearing like Lebanese or something. I could easily see that going over. I don't Rose's know head. because she had a very intimate affair emotional affair with Jean Mm -hmm. she I mean at the end of the episode she was like I don't I I don't think I can ever understand what you're going through but I can relate 
and 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 we can be friends. Mm-hmm. It's like so basically she like was like, "Oh, I understand what it's like to understand and love vagina." Yeah. And women. And women aren't just vaginas. If Rose Men are just penises though. If Rose had <laughs> understood the request. Well, also it was Rose pitching it. So she pitched it and they just ran with it. Like she was yeah. like women who live together and they were like lesbians. Okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of ran with it because if it was actually a show about lesbians and if Rose actually was going to be involved in it, then yeah, she could have been like, wait, I know a lesbian. We'll get Jean. Yeah. She would have invited Jean on. Jean could have came down with her new girlfriend, mm-hmm. Roberta. Yeah. No. What was, what was Big Sal's, uh, what was, not Big Sal. Um, Big Daddy? No, what was uh, her, Sophia's son's name? Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, Phil. Phil. What was what was Phil's wife's name? Big Sally. Yeah. What if Big Sally and Is Jean Sally? got together Aww. and had a lesbian romance, and then they came and were on the talk show? I love that idea. That's a great idea because they both looked very lesbianic. <laughs> Did they? Yes. I mean, I'm Big Sally. Gonna... Big Sally. You could easily see walking into a lesbian bar. She looked great in that, like with um, the boots faux and stuff, and, and the, the black. You know, her yeah. morning attire. <laughs> um, but anyway, they've got. They already have two women who live together to be on the panel. They need yeah. two more. So Dorothy and Blanche are going to do it. Dorothy says there are some very important issues she'd like to discuss, which I believe. I believe too. What kinds of issues do you think Dorothy would want to talk about with regard to women living together? Oh, I mean, you could probably go down a list of, we've seen it on the show, how repairmen who come into the house and the way they treat the women, (gasps) how, like, there are so many instances of people, you know, women having to live on their own with Mm -hmm. other women, maybe not in a romantic setting, but in just an all-female setting, and how oftentimes maybe landlords, maybe maybe service people, maybe rent issue. Yeah, I mean, there are so many issues that women could be predisposed to being taken advantage of. Yeah. And maybe Dorothy has some ideas about that, and I believe she would. Yeah. She's very intelligent. (laughs) We found out in this episode she has a word processor. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We were both like... What the it fuck looked like is she was that? on a calculator or something. It looked like, like, you remember when you were a kid? And, and this is, by the way, when Dorothy's like working on Mr. Gordon's article yeah. um, at the kitchen table. You know, when you're a kid and you get like Fisher Price makes adult things for children to use? Like, yeah. it's like, be an accountant. And yeah. they give you like plastic calculators or it's like, bag your own groceries, put it through the scanner. That to me was like Fisher Price going like, be a writer and they just like give you this like big plastic well, box the device you, i mean we'll get ugh. to that of course but the device looked almost too small for her hands also, it looked like she was just like and, and also because of the what she was wearing her she was shoulders could not, not have, have been, been bigger wider. they were so big and <laughs> wide that because of the way it looked like her shoulders were completely up in her neck and she was just <laughs> clickety 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 click <laughs> In her hair, I mean, we do not like her beer Arthur's hair this season. It's a wig. It has to be a wig. No, it's not a wig. I you just... know, a wig of hers is on sale. Is There's it? an auction for it. Jackie <gasps> B just recently posted about it. And someone else sent it to me too. $800. What? Oh, that's the starting price. And I think she wore, of course. And I think she wore it on The View. Wow. When she went on to promote um, Maud going on DVD. Wow. I know a lot about television. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. So... Um, uh, oh wait, we lost our spot. 
Okay, so... So they agree to do the show. Dorothy has women's issues she wants to talk about. Yes. But first, she has to have a lunch with Mr. Gordon. With Mr. Gordon. Dorothy, for her lunch date out on the lanai plug with Mr. Gordon. Floral outfit. She's wearing like... It's like a floral scarf with like a... But two different colors. Like, it was a floral scarf that was very multicolored. And Mm. then it was a pink, beige, sort of orange print that was the base of the outfit. And none of it matched. She looked like... It's like what the Easter Bunny would wear on a runway show. You know what I mean? It was like very... (laughs) If the Easter Bunny had a lot of caffeine. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean... You know me. I am all about Dorothy's outfits and I would probably wear every single one of them like just around the house and to the grocery store. Mm. That said, this one, a bit too much. Yeah. I like her in reds and golds. This I like kind her in of solids, yeah. Eastery floral. It just was a, but maybe she was trying to hark back to a younger year. Maybe. Miss Dorothy. <laughs> maybe she Petrillo. wore, clo- maybe she wore like Laura Ashley dresses when she changed, when she rotated his tires. Oh, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> Laura yeah. Laura Ashley dress, it's like an 80s uh, floral print dress Great. that a woman might wear mm. uh, or a man. Um, but she's so ready and she's even trying. So Sophia's all like, you're kissing up to Mr. Gordon. You're whatever. Teacher's pad. And Dorothy's like, I am not. You don't believe me? Just come on out and sit and lunch with me. Okay. And yes. she, Sophia says, great. Let me check my, my date book. Yeah. And it's from 1984. Yes. Mr. Gordon shows up. Mm-hmm. He's played by James T. Callahan. What a doofus. I Which. Mean, even before we find out he's a fuckhead, he looks and acts like a doofus. He was actually eight years younger than B. Arthur. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, just throwing he, that out He there. doesn't look it. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like her giddiness just ramps right up. He, he's like, Dorothy, you look wonderful. And she goes, thank you, Mr. Gordon. Mr. Gordon, call me Malcolm. Okay, Mr. Malcolm. <laughs> Did you, do you have a problem like whenever you go back to your hometown, like where you went to high school? And you see a teacher or something. Do you have a hard time using their first name? Mm, I don't really. When I go back to my hometown, I never see teachers. When we were shooting Latter-day Jew, we went back to my hometown. And we went to my high school. Mm-hmm. And I, we had no intentions of talking with any teachers. Nor did I think I would run into any of my teachers. It's been so long. Um, I'm 183. and, and uh, It's a very specific number. Yep. And I'm uh, turning 184 July 10. July 10, it's coming Happy up. early birthday. It's coming up. Get me things. Um, you don't look a day over 136. Thank you. That's so sweet. Uh, but I went back and I saw a teacher. I was, we were shooting in the parking lot. It was very hot. And I was wearing Spanx. And Were you rotating tires? <laughs> no. That's why I have AAA. And this woman sees me from a distance, and I see her, and I'm from thinking... From a distance. I'm, th- I'm thinking... <laughs> I just gave Carrie a look like, I'm talking. Uh, I, and I, I saw her from a distance, and I honestly thought we were getting kicked out of the school. Like, that's what mm. I thought. And it turned out it was an old teacher of mine. Wow. And she came up, and, and for a moment I was like, Thank you, Mrs. Sally Bark. Barker, bark. And I didn't know what to say. Like, I didn't know what to call her. So on camera, it's me going, Mrs. Sally Bark, Mrs. Barker. That's really funny. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like you would just say whatever you would normally call them until they say, like, please call me Malcolm. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, but it, it, but it never feels right. right. Never feels right ever. Could you imagine if you dated one of your old teachers? Well, I guess this is what happens on Friends, where Phoebe's younger brother, played by Giovanni Ribisi, dates one mm. of her teachers, and he call. They get married and have a baby, babies, yeah. and he calls her Miss. He still calls her Mrs. White. I think her name is. Which I think is really funny. He was like yeah. a home ec teacher. I mean, I gave a blowjob to a substitute teacher, so I guess I kind of have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you call him that day? I didn't even... I don't remember his name oh, to this day. I don't. I don't remember. damn. <laughs> yeah. I honestly... Probably in the moment, too, I didn't remember his name either. <laughs> hey, you. Mm, I was lonely. There was a great <laughs> joke in this scene where, um, where they talk about how... Uh, like Dorothy didn't realize, you know, he just felt so much older than her yeah. when she, he was when she was in school, and she which says, makes sense, yeah. And she says, you know, when you're 17, 23 can seem dangerous and forbidden. And then Rose says, when you're 17, a cow can feel dangerous and forbidden. <laughs> what, Rose? <laughs> what? Maybe at 17 in St. Olaf, the responsibility of cow ownership at 17 is scandalous. Maybe it's like having like, you don't deserve, like those kids in high school who got new cars when they turned 16 and it was like, that's irresponsible. You get a kid a clunker so you can fuck it up and then when he's 25, he can get a new car. Except I didn't have a new car until I was in my 30s because I was a fuck up. But you know what I'm saying. You and I interpreted that line very differently. I thought you're thinking sexual. I was thinking sexual, which I'm sure millions of our listeners <laughs> probably thought the same thing. I like that you think we have millions of listeners. I hey, like to think that too. The power of the secret. Mm. You guys make us feel like a million bucks. That's for sure. Can I borrow money? <laughs> <laughs> so then, let's talk about this lunch. Mm-hmm. Out on the lanai. Plug. Plug. Uh, Sophie is showing old, embarrassing photos of Dorothy. Goofy photos. Mm-hmm. Not even embarrassing. She calls them goofy photos, which is so sad because they are they are like family heirlooms. Like they are like memories trapped in time of uh, a year begone, and she calls them <laughs> goofy photos, as if like her memories are just little goofy things. I like how you said a year begone. Year, a year begone. Begone. <laughs> day by day. Um, there's a great line where Dorothy turns to Sophia. She clearly wants to be alone with Mr. Gordon. And she's like, Ma, why don't you get us some coffee? And she's like, because it gives me the trots. Oh, right. Company. I honestly Company. didn't know what trots meant. And then you told me it was diarrhea. Diarrhea. Does coffee give you diarrhea? No. Yeah, neither. Just I. <laughs> What? I'm having a stroke. I am having a stroke on air. Do you want some coffee? No. I mean, yes. Uh, no. I mean, I will when I leave. Okay. I'm going to go to Starbucks. Drive through, though. Oh, I don't oh. want to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. I like the drive through. I mean, I you got me to leave my apartment, which is like a <clears throat> big deal. I know. This is huge. Yeah, because yeah. I... And it felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I don't ever leave my apartment. Yeah. In fact, this week I was home three days in a row. Wow. Not once did I leave. And That's, it was amazing. It's pretty awesome. Well, I tried to make it feel like home. I went outside and pet a cat and scattered the fur around the place, and then I turned the air on for a long time. <laughs> I'm terrified of the killer, though, I have to admit. Yeah, I mean, thank it's God it's 3 I think we're fine. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Gordon says he's writing basically the equivalent of a grown-up book report, and he would love he's writing Dorothy's a book help. review for the local paper yeah. section, which is strange that like a retired high school teacher now is given an opportunity to break into the world of... Media, yeah. When it's like, 
I work in media and I still don't get asked to do things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like who did he know in Miami? Who, yeah. And also I thought he, I mean, maybe he just enjoys to write, but clearly, clearly he doesn't enjoy writing. It stresses him out because he teaches he has to get, it. Cause well, yeah, but he also has what to get somebody else to. What you can't do, teach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So why would he. he Those came who can't to, teach. He came to Miami to retire, to yeah. relax. And mm-hmm. yet. Here he is taking on work that stresses him out so much. We have to supplement income. Maybe his pension plan isn't so big. Question. Do you think that he got this assignment, figured out that Dorothy lived in Miami? Like, do you think that he knew all along when he got this assignment? He was like, oh, man, I need to write this thing, and uh, I don't really feel like it. I should look up Dorothy. I think the writers intended that. I I got that feeling, that vibe. I think most people do, that his whole, at the end, you kind of see his whole intention was sort of to get her to do his work for him. But then again, maybe it's like a lot of men, I mean, because we don't know about, did we learn about his wife or his his past at all? Mm -hmm. But but in between the years, between We can just assume he's been single this whole time. uh, I mean, if he's single, he's probably a homosexual, let's be real. But (laughs) um, if, if, I I mean, I'm assuming he probably had a wife and maybe he's one of those dudes who the wife did everything for them and then when that yeah. woman's gone, it's like they don't know what to do. What happened to Dorothy in that episode when she was dating? When she was dating Jerry Orbach. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't know how to be alone. He doesn't know how to exist and take yeah. care of himself and maybe this dude's like that. Maybe he doesn't know how to fucking do his own thing. All he ever knew was how to teach. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that Dorothy like nips it in the bud so fast. Yeah. She has integrity. Yes. I don't know Humility. if I would do that. Especially if the D was good. I don't know if I'm, I could do that. Yeah. We don't know if she ever got that D, but... Yeah, we don't know. Probably. A few days passed. She changed clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Dorothy says she'll help him write his grown-up book report. Yeah. Um, but that tomorrow she's going to be on television uh, so they, they can want- do it afterwards. Yes. Go ahead. They want, to, they want my uh, views on women's issues. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah. I'm going to be on television. Yeah. So anyway, she invites him to the studio. And then this is the best part of the entire episode. So at the TV station... Dorothy's getting her makeup, like, touched up, and Mr. Gordon comes over. Wait, before we get into that, okay. can we just talk about their outfits? Okay. So, Blanche is where Blanche looks <gasps> oh, so, so good. good. Blanche is, like, Had, like on a pink point. Zara yeah. blazer oh, God. with earrings I've been going to Zara shirt. so much lately because mm. I'm having pants inspirations, mm-hmm. and, like, she looked on pints. Yeah. Perfection. A Blanche, season seven, is everything. Yeah. Um... Dorothy, I love the outfit. It is something that I would love to wear. It's obnoxious, and the shoulder pads make her look like like Arnold Schwarzenegger's grandmother. Um, Like, they don't even look like shoulder pads. They look like... They got little buttons on them and everything. They're they're beyond shoulder pads. It's as if somebody took an entire couch cushion that has, like, ruffles and divots and, Mm -hmm. and, and is, like, layered and textured... And they put that on top of the shoulder pad. Speaking of couch, side topic. Did you see the couch Michael did for me? Yes. He reupholstered the couch? Oh, yeah. I've yeah. seen your Blanche's boudoir couch. It's Thank you. beautiful. Check online, guys. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You were there for that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, yes, I had then, my photo taken on the couch. But my favorite outfit of 
all of them isn't Rose or Blanche or Dorothy. It's Sophia. Sophia's in this cute, tight little blue old lady number. It's like this royal blue. It's almost like a Queen Elizabeth level outfit. It's so perfect with a blue little hat. Mm -hmm. She looks adorable. I want that outfit. I would wear that outfit. She looked good. Dorothy's outfit was, it was too much for me. I mean, I always appreciate her slouch boots. Those are great. I found some slouch boots that I might buy. They're very Dorothy. Um, But they're the two women, the two other lesbians, image consultants, excuse mm-hmm. me, they, because they don't like labels, they were very Dorothy as well with yeah. the slouch boots and yes. the flowy things yes, and they were. all of that. So makeup chair. She's in the makeup chair. Mr. Gordon comes over, gives her flowers, then he kisses her. And when he kisses her and walks away, she's the a stroke. look on her she's face. She's a stroke. She's a stroke victim. She's doing it. We are, we are watching live, just like right now, me having a stroke. Dorothy had a stroke. Her face is just so vacant and like, I'm doing it, but this is a, not it's a visual It's a podcast, yeah, yeah. That's not how that works. Um, and, then, uh, <laughs> and then the girls come over and it's like, okay, time to go on TV. And she goes, he kissed me. He gave me flowers. He gave me flowers. From a store. From a store. <laughs> Like, and then she, where else is she getting flowers from? Is she getting weeds her whole life? Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's the guy could have picked him up on his way over, which actually feels like a little bit more effort. But anyway, then I thought I've always thought it was so strange that she's like clutches the flowers to her chest and brings them and sits down with them. And they're on, stage. on air. Yes. Never explained. Mm-mm. Daytime television, Miami local, the woman with flowers. That's if she, if Dorothy had a heart attack the next day, she would forever be known in Miami as the woman on with flowers. Yeah. Like yes. she just, a random woman, woman never explained. Yeah. She just sat there clutching them as if they were her lifeline. And then the guy comes over and he's like, Okay, we're on in 10 seconds. 10 seconds. I know. I was like, Jesus Christ, that is not a lot of time at all. high stress television. Very high stress. I've done CNN before, and I had to sit there for three hours before I went on. Wow. Three hours. Maybe they were off in a green room somewhere for a couple hours. Um, So then this is the great thing. So they're all sitting there. The uh, Blanche and Dorothy are on stage with two other women. Sophia's in the audience. Blanche is in the audience. Rose is standing oh, no, there. Oh, I'm sorry, Blanche, Blanche is on stage. Next to Dorothy. Rose yeah. is standing with like a clipboard off camera. Yeah. And the host goes, Women living together. Does society make it tougher? We'll find out when we talk to four lesbians today on Wake Up Miami. Wow. And then the looks on their faces to the act break. It's so wonderful. So good. It's so good. So good. So, so, so good. And then this is my favorite part of the whole episode. So then we come back. I, I wrote down so many quotes. You guys are going to have to it's bear perfect. with me. These, that two minutes is amazing. It's Three minutes. so amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so before they get back on, so now they're, they're on a break. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> Ross and Rachel style. And uh, so Blanche goes, Rose Nyland, every man I know is watching this show about lesbian lovers of Miami. And then Dorothy goes, Rose we can't kill you because there are cameras. And then... <laughs> well, Rose responds um, to Blanche saying that, but being like, really? We could actually like top become the top 10 or something. I forget what she or said. Or she's like, more people might be watching us than The Price is Right. Yeah. Um, also, can we just uh, backtrack a little bit? Because mm-hmm. in the 1980s, early 90s, do you remember... I mean, I, as a kid, was a... Obsessive daytime television. Yes, Jenny watcher. Jones, Sally Jesse Raphael, the, the, Ricky Lake. Those were even later. I'm talking Phil about Donahue. like 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. late, late 80s, 90s, but also, you know, those years as well, like mid 90s. 
Um, they all were obsessed. America was obsessed with understanding gay people, Mm -hmm. rightfully so, because more gay people were becoming prominent in the post-AIDS world. Straight people, because of AIDS, were finally being forced to deal with gay people in their lives in a very direct way. And, And so more talk shows were doing these. Oprah did them all the time about homosexuals and what their life is like and, and, and very basic things. Like, Mm -hmm. so what do you, who's, who puts what, where, like questions, very invasive questions that now, you know, trans people are getting on television famously, Katie Couric and Laverne Laverne Cox. Um, But they had it and it was obsessive and it kind of reached a tipping point, even though Jerry Springer kind of kept it going, when Jenny Jones had mm, a, yes, there was an episode where, Scott and, it, and it's the, yeah. the sociological sort of transition from fascination with gay people in the 80s and trying to understand who they are and what they're about mm-hmm. to understanding and accepting gay people in your everyday lives, for the most part, after Clinton's elected in 92. And then it turns into sort of like, well, what... What can we do that's salacious with gay mm-hmm. people now? And so it's like, oh, of course, we're going to have gay people sort of admit that they're in love with their straight best friend mm-hmm. or admit that they whatever. And or he's married and he's going to come out to his wife on national television, like yeah. things like the stunt things like that. And with Jenny Jones, it culminated Amager, in this murder. Yeah, yeah that yeah. the man, a gay man was a guest on the show admitting to a straight person, a straight male in his life that he was in love with him. Mm-hmm. And then that man. When they went back home, murdering him. He murdered him, yeah. And he's just getting, he just got out of prison, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah, like wow. last year. Uh, yeah, there was a big trial, like Jenny big Jones, trial, a producer. Yeah. yeah. So, like, this part of television history, and this episode came out in when, 92? 92. Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely a part of mm-hmm. television in those, those years. And this, of course, is doing a spoof of all of that. And I don't think now this episode would, would fly in a lot of ways because especially towards the end it is it does get a little dicey in terms of is this appropriate oh, yeah. or not when a dude comes over and he's like you're not a lesbian you yeah. just haven't been with a man yet then you won't be gay anymore it's like ooh. Uh, i mean it's a funny it is a funny gag i will mm-hmm. admit that but and the way they handle it is funny but it also is a little like well no if you're a lesbian you're a lesbian you're saying it's, a it's not about penis and not yeah. having tried the best one yet yeah yeah um but yeah, no, it's a really interesting era mm-hmm. of television and this episode sort of being in the middle of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really great tangent. Thank I appreciated you. that one. That Thank one was you. very... Because um, <laughs> a lot of them aren't. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a really good one. I love your... I always love your your history lessons. Um, Professor H. Allen. <laughs> that's me. Hashtag Professor H. Allen. <laughs> Classes oh, in session. Um, so... <laughs> Rose, uh, so Rose is trying to explain how this happened. She was like, they just said they wanted two women who love each other and sleep together. We do not sleep together. (laughs) And anyway, she ends up like the women are like, well, we're not going to play along. And Rose is like, all right, well, if they fire me, I'll be at home all day telling say no love stories. (gasps) Blackmail. Yeah. (laughs) There are so many great lines in this episode. I love it. Blackmail. Now let's meet our panelists. Dorothy, a lesbian. <laughs> Blanche, Blanche, another lesbian. lesbian. And Pat and Kathy, image consultants. <gasps> Why aren't they lesbians? We don't believe in labels. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, uh, so they immediately go to audience questions. Which immediately. is the best part of any show, let's be real. It is, but, it yes. is. But again, there, we don't, we have no idea what the actual angle for the show is. We don't know who is. they are, where they come from. No, we don't know nothing. why anybody's no, here today. There's no setup for anyone to have a question. Nope. <laughs> um, but somebody asks, uh, are there oh, male, male, female roles in the relationship? And, and then, then Blanche has this moment where she's about to break. And then, then uh, and, or Dorothy, I forget It's who. Dorothy. So Blanche first goes, uh, I am the little homemaker, Wait, no, if that's what she, you mean. The way she does it, she's like, well, I am the little homemaker. <laughs> like, yes. It's just so like uncomfortable. Yep. <laughs> And then, and then Dorothy goes, now wait a minute. And you see Rose and she's like, oh, please, 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 please. And I take out the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, oh, and then Sophia, they go, all right, now our next question. And it's Sophia. This is my favorite part of the whole episode. Sophia goes, this is directed to Dorothy's lover. <laughs> Do people treat you lover. differently? Do people treat you differently because you're a lesbian? She goes, well, most people don't know. <laughs> and then Sophia goes, all right, next question to Dorothy. I love that they give her two questions because yeah. like, she's a little old lady and they're not going to rip the microphone out of her hand. What kind of pain and embarrassment has this lifestyle caused your mother? <laughs> goes, I don't know, but I'll ask when I visit her at the home. No more questions. <laughs> It's so good. I would like it to be known that I did not have to once look at Carrie's computer to quote those lines. Thank you. Thank you. I am in line. Everybody with, is clapping from their cubicles and cars. With Miss Alaska, who can quote amazingly. Yes. So that night, uh, Blanche has gotten 20 calls from 20 women. calls. 20 calls. And then... Well, I mean, what, what does she say? What's the rhyme she says? She oh, she does some cute little rhyme. She's trying to make it like like she always does, being like, "I'm so pretty, mm-hmm. everyone loves me, loopity doopity doop." And then she's like, "Who am I kidding?" Yeah, <laughs> I see London, I see France. I think that was I see Blanche's underpants. No, no that was from that an old was episode. Old episode. But yeah. I do like that she said. Um, she goes, yes. I don't mind being labeled a lesbian, and but I think since that, I'm not, you ruined my social life." I'm so so glad they put that line in there Same. because that was it. Got to the point where it was like almost feeling like they were embarrassed to be. Like offended. Viewed as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. But I really love, and I love that they gave it to Blanche of all people. Because like right, you would expect it coming. And also how vain she is. You mm-hmm. would expect it coming from Dorothy. Because Dorothy, you know, is, let's face it, basically the man of the show. And 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 have it become from have it coming from the most vain person on the show. Yeah. It's a big deal. So I yeah. like that they did that. And her whole history with Clayton and, yeah. and you know, it's and important. not knowing what a lesbian is and Lebanese. And, yeah. Um, so then, uh, Dorothy, while she's typing on the this Fisher weird Price, Fisher Price word processor, word processor, um, processor yeah. she kind of recaps her kiss with Mr. Gordon and she's like really getting into describing mm. it. She was like, he tilted his head and I didn't know if he was going to come in and then he came in and it was like, eyes open, eyes closed, blah, 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 the whole yes. thing. And she's, and then there's a great line where she goes, oh, if only Cynthia Costello were here to see this. And then Blanche goes. <laughs> I don't remember. Kinky. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's my favorite part too. Fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry about your neighbors. Kinky. <laughs> yes, you did it better than me. That's so good. Yeah. Oh. And Sophia's but, uh, but like, she, how she said it, she was so giddy about it too. <gasps> Kinky. Kinky. <laughs> 
Cynthia Costello. Yeah. Oh, man. I watched The Departed the other day. And I like The Departed. I very much enjoy The Departed, but yeah. every time I hear it, I like, every time I watch that movie, I like walk away and like slip into my accent. So, like, it was anyway, just You're like Boston accent. Like, yeah, like Super South Shore, Massachusetts. Super like, South Shore. Gonna go get a sandwich. I can't do it. There's a great thing that. People don't like a really small like because everybody was just like the Pactagon Abid, yeah, that whole thing. But like there's one there are a couple weird, really small things that you have to notice. Like the way we say room instead of room. Or sometimes you'll say like I saw it instead of I saw it. I saw it. We say sometimes mm-hmm. almond instead of almond. Those little things. If you really get that, then you could you could be in a Martin Scorsese movie that takes place in Boston. Um, uh, no, I wouldn't need. Did you to say be, almond just now? No, nah, <laughs> I would not need to be in a Martin Scorsese film that takes place in Boston because I'm going to be in The Aviator Part Two, the Catherine Hepburn story, starring Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, has Kate Blanchett been on the scene for long? Yeah. What? You talking about what? Oh, I know Kate Blanchett, but not Kite Blanchett. No, in her home country, people call her Kite. <laughs> Clearly, you did not do your research you before like your IMDb interview. No, I didn't do any research. You yet. should have asked her, hey, Kite, and she would have been like, oh, you at home. You talk to people at home. She got real excited. Really? Mm-hmm. And then Sandra Bullock would have been like, I'm the star. Talk to me. Sandra Bullock the night before. So, guys, I went to the Ocean's 8. Uh, I went to the junket and I interviewed the ladies. It was lovely. And but the night before I went, did you to get see to shake movie. Sandra Bullock's hand? No. Okay, can I tell you that is the softest hand I've ever touched in my oh, life. Oh wow! I, I believe it. at the Screen Actors Guild Awards, she was. I was doing red carpet stuff, and for for um, was it for, for Fusion? And she came up and I she she like grabbed my hand during the interview, and I was just like, it's so soft. I bet. I bet it's a soft hand. Soft. Should have touched it. She called the night before we watched the movie, and um, and I went with uh, my friend Dave, who's been on this podcast before, very early on. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, she, Sandra Bullock, called Kate Blanchett "Cookie Blankets," and it made me laugh so hard. Wait, oh yeah. Wait. What about the night before, though? The, well, there was a screening of the movie, and oh, all the women came out. They were like giving a and just Q&A like introduced. They introduced got the it. movie, but got it, got Sandra it. Bullock called Kate Blanchett "Cookie Blankets," and I thought is it, it was a the good movie? Thing. I very much enjoyed it. I can't wait. to I would see recommend it, yeah. going to see it. Okay, so, <clears throat> um, so Blanche isn't mad at Rose anymore because she's back in the game. She met a man at a, the produce section, and she taught him how to thump a melon. I can never do that. I don't, I just buy a melon. I don't know that I buy melons enough. I don't think to thump it. I just buy a melon. Yeah. But I am reading Stephen King's new book. Mm. And there's a whole storyline about... What's it called? Like a metaphor. It's called The Outsider. It's about the metaphor around cutting a melon in half and maggots coming out of it. Wow. And how it's fucked up that maggots can get in without you seeing an entry point for the maggots Mm, to get in. That's terrifying. And it's a metaphor for like when something you can't explain happens and you're just like, maggots in a melon. (laughs) That they keep they keep doing that in the book, and I'm like, <gasps> but I'm like I'm like one fourth of the way through, and I just want to know what happens I with the maggots and a melon. I have a few thoughts about this. One, I can't wait for you to be in a social situation when you go like, well, you know what they say, maggots and a melon, and yeah. everybody's like, what? I'm gonna do it, except for the one person that's, that's like, read the book. That's like, well, no, it's a very popular book, so more like eight people. But um, that's my life: me referencing things and no one understanding what I'm saying. I also have to <laughs> say that it's like only Stephen King would title a book 
basically the same as another incredibly popular book that everybody read in high school minus one letter. Like what? we all read The what Outsiders book? in school and now he calls it The Outsider. I definitely did not. That's just only Stephen King. Yeah. Hashtag misery. Hashtag Kathy Bates. Hashtag mallets. Hashtag everything. <laughs> I'm a big Stephen King fan. I appreciate Stephen King in Maine. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, the guy from the grocery store's name is Chuck. Chuck. Like, which Chuck is this? We know Blanche knows so many Chucks. Yeah. Chuck at the gas station but wait, Chuck. What he calls her when he open when he comes in is amazing and it's actually part of my first AOL screen name. Thumper? Yeah. What, what was your first AOL Tub screen? Thumper. Name? Tub, Tub Thumper. Thumper 13. Wow, you really dated yourself. Yeah. I will date myself even more. My first email address and I think my AOL screen name was NFG underscore Goonies. <laughs> NFG stood for Newfound Glory. Oh, we were such losers. Also, Chunk from Goonies is like my new lawyer, which is pretty awesome. He is? Yeah. Wait, he's your lawyer? He's an entertainment attorney. That's so funny. Anyway. I don't remember who that was in the Goonies, but that's great. Chunk. Oh, he the did the truffle one. shuffle. He did the one that's like... Bleh. Nope, that's Sloth. <laughs> oh, okay. Who was played by John Matusik, who was a football player for the Raiders. He passed away, RIP. It also took a very long time for him to get his makeup on. And when they were in the water with the pirate ship, they told the kids, don't get his head wet. And then they would get his head wet and he would have to sit in the makeup chair for four more hours. But he loved it because he loved children and he loved entertainment. I'm glad this is the episode I'm having a stroke because I tuned out <laughs> most of that. Good job. Okay, <laughs> great. So... Chuck shows up. His coat blends in with the door, by the yes, way. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> he was kind of a beige personality there. He, yeah, did not like him. Yeah. And um, he basically is like, oh, no, I saw the show. And Blanche is like, what? And it, his, he, this, this piece of shit is all like, you just haven't been with the right he says, woman. you're this way because you've probably never been with a yeah. real man. Condescending, patriarchal piece of homophobic fucking shit yeah um, gross. but i just wrote in my notes gross with like a thousand s's completely and i don't necessarily fault blanche for getting that d because i am all about anybody getting that d yeah. like get that d get that v rocket like all about it and if you have to use something that's slightly offensive to get that d that's going to be good d and calls you thumper like midway through great all about it and then when you go home call your your gay bff and be like I feel bad about something. <laughs> <laughs> she turned, Blanche she turns to Dorothy and she's like, Dorothy, it's over between us. Don't you see? I have to try this. And then Dorothy like gets so up. She's funny. like, Blanche. <laughs> and then she gets over, she comes over and she's like, you just take care of her. And, and she, then she hits him, but she's like, him. she's like 14 feet behind him <laughs> as she hits him. And uh, it's just this slugger. reach of a slug, yeah. but it is funny. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, cut to Blanche. Different leaves, day, different, outfit. different day, different outfit, appropriate outfit. I like it. It was very fall. It was very orange. Dorothy's it was outfit. Nice. Yeah, yes, I was into it. Was it. Very nice. And Mr. Gordon comes by because in advance of the book review has in come in his hand. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it looks like, it looks like he cut it out of a piece it of paper. It looks like he cut it out of the newspaper or something, but also it's a book review and it's like the length of like a recap of an elementary school soccer game. It's the length of a recipe in the newspaper that your grandmother gives you because she thinks you like marshmallows. Yeah, it's like the the you know the Kingston Hornets beat 
the Riverdale Fireflies. You lost me. 10 to 2. That was me recapping a children's soccer game. You lost me. The Ladybugs. Remember that movie? No. It's disgusting. Great. Anyway. I was watching Oprah. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> Not oh, the man. We would have hated each other when we were kids. That's what Michael says about <laughs> me, too. Michael's like, we would have hated each other. And I'm like, most people hate me even now. I would have been I would have I been have like, four friends. <laughs> I would have been like Thomas J going over to your, like, knocking on your door, like Veda's house. And I would have been like, what do you mean you don't go outside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have been, and I would have been like, I'm watching Oprah, go away, because I didn't need you. I had Oprah. Yeah. And now when people force me to do things, you're not forcing me to do things. I want to do this podcast, but I don't do that. I don't leave. I don't, I don't need, it's just too much. I don't want it. Ah, get away. <laughs> so anyway, so Mr. Gordon shows her the article that it came out, and yeah. she's like, wait a minute. These are, this is the article I gave you. And he's like, yeah, she's like, but my name's not on it. I want to call bullshit on this. What did she do for him? What was she? I mean, it sounds it, like she completely wrote an article and sent like, it to him. Why would you do that, Dorothy? Yeah. Like, why? I mean, we learn later that Sophia comes out and explains a lot of why. But, like, it's just so, like, if anyone asked me for, my, for help, like, if I was writing an article and I asked you for help for something, mm-hmm. I would expect you to... Maybe send me a bullet point list of stuff. Maybe kick around some ideas with yeah, you. Yeah, brainstorm. Or on like, the flip side, edit something that you've already yes. written, give you notes. We've done that so many times. Yeah. And that's fine. That's normal. So I'm kind of faulting Dorothy here. Yeah. A like bit. she's, she I mean, gave he should him have, an entire he should article. have, he should have said or fessed up in, in sort of an ethics way, said, mm-hmm. well, someone else helped me with this, so she should probably get a byline. But, you know, I'm also a little like, don't write a fucking article for somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I would never do that. And on that teeny tiny word processor, like that I little... I had to have heard her eyes. Sketch, she wasn't wearing glasses. <laughs> she wasn't wearing glasses, and she's a woman of a certain age. And she was craning her neck looking straight down. She's that so woman large. is 11 feet tall. Yeah, that and was she a had long barbells distance. on her shoulders. <laughs> so, like, I just don't... It just was... It's bad all around. Yeah, that's really bad for her neck. Well, so Dorothy kicks... Mr. Gordon actually turns into a big wimp here, and he... He fesses up to it. I'll give him that. He's like, but but next time I'll put your name on it. And she goes, there won't be a next time. And she can't even look him in the face. That is the ultimate sort of moment of giving someone hell. Like when you when you won't even look them in the face mm. as you're kicking them out because they aren't worthy of your eyeballs. Mm. He's yeah. not worthy of her eyeballs, her heart, or her V. No. Go, Mr. <laughs> Malcolm. Well, Go. I also... I also like that she's stopped calling him, like she stopped calling him Malcolm. And she, when she kicks him out, she goes, goodbye, Mr. Gordon. And then I was like, that's the name of the episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then he leaves and Sophia, and she rips up the article and Sophia comes out. She's like, what's the matter, Dorothy? Is that how she sounds? No. I don't remember that. (laughs) But Dorothy's basically like, look, Ma, you were right. He was just using me. And, and, Dor- goes, and Sophia says something that is so telling of Dorothy, and you can see it. You can see it now. It explains why she did what she did. But she, and we all, we've all been this person, I think, where she liked someone so much, she wanted to impress and make him like her so much mm-hmm. that she went above and beyond and did work that she probably shouldn't have just to impress him. Yeah, she's like, you give too much. Which is, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, a quality that I think a lot of us, I mean, I've even done that too, and I find myself, sometimes I have to understand, like, oh, well, I'm worthy of, you know, gift and love and help right. and acceptance too. And, of course. But, but we don't value ourselves enough what RuPaul calls... <laughs> 
our inner saboteur, oh. our inner saboteur comes out and wants to, wants, we, we feel like we have to compensate for all the things that are shitty about us by right. doing these good things for other people. When in reality, we are worthy of good things done to us. So can I have $20? <laughs> yes. No. So, but I also can relate to, you know, Dorothy's like, for 40 years, I've had this fantasy that Mr. Gordon would come swooping into my life like Sir Lancelot. I think too, for her, like, you know, it, he's it, he's not so much like the one that got away, but like she's he's always wondered, you know? Yeah. And so... And she's probably also in men that she's gone on dates with and men that, you know, you, you, you personify, if you have an uh, ideal sort of image of somebody, you seek that out. You try to find that and it can stunt you from seeing other opportunities. Right. Or even seeing like, oh, you know, it can also overshadow the negative things about yeah, them too. You definitely. Know? Um, and then Sophia tells a cute story. She says she calls her pillow Sal and Which sometimes she hugs it. And she's like, that's how she keeps them alive. And she's like, I call my other pillow Dino, mm-hmm. but that's another story. Yeah. I'll tell you when you're 70. <laughs> Dorothy goes, I'll, I'll be, be here. here. And Sophia says something so, so morbid will funny. I, pussycat. So, so will I. I. Because that's she's the end of the episode. Be, is she going to be alive or is she going to be a ghost that haunts the woman? I mean, I, considering that, that B. Arthur was probably near 70 when this episode yeah. aired, I have a feeling she would be alive. But yeah. And then in a great tag. Uh, Which Kat, I, did, I did not remember ever seeing this. It's so funny. Oh, I do. Uh, where Kath from one of the image consultants that was on Wake Up Miami comes by and she's like, I heard about you and Blanche. Yeah. And Dorothy's like, I'm sorry, it's too soon. Yeah. Too, too, too soon. Too soon. I thought too that was a great soon. tag. Yeah. Um, what a good episode. That was the episode. I love that episode. I loved so it too. Much. It was, yeah, it was really funny. I just, the, the whole Wake Up Miami scene just makes me laugh so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. I know it's one of my favorites. Um, What's golden, golden takeaway? Take yeah, my golden takeaway is sometimes things happen and you don't have an explanation for them. How you react, why they happened in the first place, and all you really can do is say, "Maggots and a melon." So wait, your golden takeaway was from one of your tangents? Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. All right. Also. Allow people to love you. That's a good one. You're worthy of that. That's a good one. And and you should expect it. Carrie, um, my golden takeaway is um, <laughs> best right over. I think I'm gonna buy more flowers from a store. Don't Why? flowers are bullshit. No, I like I enjoy. I flowers. get you do you think you do, but flowers are actually bullshit. You why? know why? Especially ones from a store because they die. They die really quickly. Not like if you get weeks. lilies that haven't opened up yet. Fuck that. Flowers Flowers are the bullshit thing. You want to get something, a gift that stays forever? Get them a fucking book. But I'm saying I want flowers. Buy yourself a fucking book. I have a lot of books. Buy more books. Mm, I don't know. Maybe books. Buy a DVD. Buy a poster. Those things last. Flowers, they die. It's a metaphor. You get depressed one day. You forget to take your Wellbutrin. I'm just saying. I don't take Wellbutrin. Okay, I do. This happens to me. This oh, is my reality. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for being a, a maggot and a melon on my golden takeaway. Maggots and a melon. They die. Yeah. Gotta move on. Um, also, before we wrap up, we have a donation. Oh, yes. We have to say thank you. Sorry we didn't do it at the top of the episode. Fuck, we suck. Uh, that's okay. 
Samantha Voth. Samantha Voth. Thank you for your donation. It was very, very kind of you. And if any of you want to... Oh, wait, wait. wait. We, we thank you so much. And if you guys want us to sing for you, um, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate because we have so many things coming for this last season and we're, we're intentionally spacing things out every sort of two weeks mm-hmm. or so. Uh, and we have some special episodes coming. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. So please go and support the podcast. And if you want to follow moi, me, you can go to H. Allen Scott on everything. And again, a plug, you're making it worse. Yes. It's a, it has nothing to do with the Golden Girls or television or anything like that. It is um, a gay, it's a comedy podcast um, about three friends, myself, Elliot, Glazer and Brent Sullivan, all past guests on the show. And it's about gay culture and us really not always feeling like we fit in within gay culture or the gay culture, gay media. Um, we understand sort of where that narrative is going and we feel left out a lot of the time. So it's the three of us getting together and trying to figure out this landscape and realize that sometimes we are making it worse and sometimes other people are making it worse <laughs> and having a fun conversation with it and having great guests. Like we have Nicole Byer and uh, Moshi Kesher and, and um, Alaska Thunderfuck and so many great guests coming up. So it's going to be, <clears throat> and also one of my favorites that we usually come on this podcast. That's why I was going to text earlier. His name is Danny Pellegrino. He hosts this podcast called everything iconic. You have got to go follow Danny Pellegrino on Instagram. It is the funniest Instagram I've ever seen in my life. You will die of laughter. I'm, I'm sure I would. I was clearing my throat because I was waiting for you to publicly invite me onto your podcast. You're coming on. We already told you this. Okay, great. Do I have to do it publicly? Just what if my emails leak? I'll have Russia leak my emails <laughs> and you'll see you're coming on. All right. Well, it sounds fantastic. Yes. I can't wait to listen. Yeah. I'm already following you on Twitter. I'm very excited. Yay! Uh, guys, I'm Squid Eat Squid on Twitter and Squidzy on Instagram. You guys can still watch me on the IMDb show. It's IMDb's uh, website. You can see me interview the ladies from Ocean's 8. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you guys are keeping up with the podcast, the next episode we'll be watching is The Commitments. Mm-hmm. So be sure to watch that one ahead of time. Yeah. And as always, remember, stay, stay golden. golden. Oh, <laughs> let's see what I'm up. I love you.